Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, men, welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited about this one. We're going to be talking about short-circuiting pornography use, the problem, and the shockingly simple solution. So I'm working with a a group of young guys, unmarried guys, uh, going through a system to do this right now. And uh, later on, we'll be doing it with married guys too. So if that's something you're interested in, please uh, uh, go ahead and reach out and let me know that you're interested for the next group. But um, today's going to give you kind of an overview of what we're going to be doing. So to start with, we want to understand the brain a little bit and how our brain works. So brain's kind of divided into two main areas, sort of our lower brain, uh, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, it's more like a, a reptile or an animal brain, right? It's just, it's there to keep us alive. Okay. And it acts very quickly. Okay. It makes things happen fast. So for example, you know, we desire food. And so that lower brain kind of regulates our hunger, making us want to go eat, you know, it helps us stay alive or to sleep, right? Again, it's a natural desire. It helps keep us alive. Sex is also a natural desire, right? It's good for continuing the human race, okay? So we have that as a natural, normal desire. Also, in in my belief in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, we believe that we live with God before this this life. You know, we come to this earth to get a body. So, you know, sex is a way to continue God's plan for us. So when we do these things, our brain releases a chemical called dopamine, helps us feel good. And the way that our brain encodes this, our lower brain basically says, look, keep doing this thing, right? If you don't keep doing this, you're going to die. (laughs) All right. So that's the lower brain's job. So when we eat, feels good. Our brain says, keep doing that or you'll die. When we sleep, right? Keep doing that or you'll die. When we have sex, keep doing that or you'll die, right? That's basically what the lower brain is saying. So now people understand this. Okay. And, you know, People who maybe have good intentions or maybe don't have kind of hacked this lower brain. So stuff like pornography or sugary foods or some other things are actually designed to give you a big boost of dopamine, a big boost of that feel-good chemical when you use them. So your lower brain, you know, it's not as evolved. And what it encodes this as is it says, whoa, like I look at pornography and I got a ton of dopamine. Wow, like I really need this to survive. This is even more essential to my survival. I need to take care of this. I need to do this. Okay. So over time, it becomes a strong and really an automatic response. Okay. It's running in that lower brain. And, you know, if you are in that spot where you're using pornography more than you want, right, you are, uh, you know, you're going to it when you, when you feel down, when you really don't want to, when you're not planning it. Okay. Pornography use is in there right now. There's nothing really nothing's really gone wrong. Okay. This is just your brain learning. Just normal means your brain is smart and you're learning and it's learning correctly. Okay. That's all it means. So how did it get there in the first place? So, you know, you saw something that was arousing, sexually arousing. You felt a sexual urge. Both those things are very normal. Okay. Or it doesn't necessarily have to be something, uh, something arousing, right? Um, sometimes it can just be a, an emotional cue, like you feel sad or depressed and you kind of learn over time that viewing pornography and masturbating, it helps you feel better. Okay. So, you know, you view pornography, you masturbate, you feel great, you get that large dopamine release. 
So at first it happened in that upper brain, like you made that initial decision. It was a conscious choice at the beginning, but then the lower brain kind of encoded that as, you know, I need this to live. I need this to survive. Say, and so then, you know, you kept using it. You see it again. You remember it. Other sex, sexual or emotional cues. Your thought is, you know, I like that. I want that. I need to do that. You watch pornography. You masturbate. Again, it feels good. Lower brain continues to say, look, I need this to survive. I need it. I need it. And eventually, you know, that behavior of, you know, having that sexual or emotional cue and then using pornography to deal with it just gets sent to the lower brain and becomes more automatic, right? So your lower brain is just saying, keep us alive, like do this quickly. Pornography is necessary for survival, okay? So, you know, it goes to that place because your brain, again, is saying like, I need this to survive. And that's what you're thinking right now. Unconsciously, that's what you're thinking. And and that's what's happening. So what do we do about it, right? It can seem kind of hopeless. And this is also why, you know, in the moment, you can even like your lower brain saying, do it, do it, do it. And then your upper brain could be saying like, no, don't do it. I don't want to do this. And the reason you always lose that battle is because your upper brain is good at planning, but your lower brain is good at acting in the moment. Okay. And that's why, you know, you can use will willpower to some extent, but eventually it just kind of loses. Like you might be able to do that a few times, but then eventually your lower brain is just too fast. You know, it's, it, it just is designed to be faster than your upper brain. And that's why you eventually end up losing. So what do we do about it, right? It can seem kind of hopeless, but fortunately there's a way out of it. So there was an experiment a long time ago by a a psychologist named Pavlov. And what happened was he had these dogs and he would give the dogs food. And what he ended up doing later is he would ring a bell whenever he'd bring them food. Okay. So you go bell food, bell food. And then eventually they would ring the bell and the dog would start salivating just to the bell, right? So when you when you give a dog food, it's normal for the dog to salivate. But when you ring a bell, it's not natural or normal for the dog to salivate. But when you pair those two enough times, when you ring the bell, the dog starts to salivate, okay? So bell plus food equals salivation, right? And then eventually just the bell by itself resulted in salivation. So how do you get rid of this? Okay. Cause it can seem like, well, there's no way to get rid of this, but there is a way. And the way is you just ring that bell a bunch of times with no food. And then eventually the dog learns, Hey, like that bell does not mean food, right? It just means a bell. <laughs> so the bell in this case is going to be sexual and emotional cues, right? And salivation is going to be the urge or that desire to view pornography and masturbate. That's normal. And like for, for me, that sexual urge for me actually feels almost in my mouth. Like I almost feel myself salivating more when I have that urge or desire. So it's pretty good, good analogy, I think. (laughs) And then the food is to view pornography or masturbate. Okay. So again, the bell is a sexual or an emotional cue. The salivation is the urge or desire to view pornography or masturbate. And the food is viewing pornography or masturbating. So how do we get out of it? Basically, we let that bell happen, right? The sexual and emotional cue happen. And we have that desire, but then we don't feed it, right? We don't act on it. That's the food, okay? So when we cut off the food, that's when we're able to just have that sexual or emotional cue because those are going to be there forever. 
without viewing pornography and masturbating. Okay. So that's the, that's the shockingly simple solution, right? It's just, you allow yourself to salivate. You allow yourself to have that desire, but you just don't act on it. Okay. That sounds simple. And you're probably like, well, I've already tried that, but I'm going to teach you, you know, some things that will help you this be much different than other times you've tried to stop. So I want to go into the emotional cues a little bit, because I think this also helps understand why this can turn into such a a habit. Okay. So there's something I use called the state fair model. We'll get into a little bit more here too, but it's basically, there's a situation results in a thought that thought creates a feeling that feeling leads to you doing something in action, doing that action for an intention, a reason, and then a result. So one of the gentlemen I'm working with right now, he, he went on a church mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was having some issues with this and with depression related to it and uh, came home, came home earlier than is usual. Usually it's two years. He came home at about one year. So that's the situation. It did happen. You know, he's home now. So the thoughts are like, you know, I'm a loser. I'm a disgrace. I didn't, I didn't do what was expected of me. So that leads to a feeling of shame. Okay. And then that shame leads him to use pornography because again, he's learned over time that that helps him feel better. And it's had become kind of an automatic response. What's the intention? The intention is to escape shame, right? Get away from that feeling. But then what's the result? The result is you feel better for a minute and then you get actually more shame. Okay. And that's how we can get really trapped here, right? So you feel shame, you use pornography, you feel more shame, you use more pornography, you feel more shame, you use more pornography. And it comes this just a cycle that seems almost impossible to break out of. But luckily we can do it, right? We can do it. I'm going to show you guys how. So basically we have three options when that sexual urge or that desire comes up, right? And different, as we've seen, different cues, different bells will trigger that, okay? It can be just something sexual that we see, or it can be these kind of negative emotions that we've learned over time. Pornography and masturbation helps us kind of get rid of for a little bit. And then it comes roaring back, right? <laughs> and that's how it becomes uh, what some people term an addiction, which is that the, um, you know, the use of pornography f- kind of feeds on itself. Basically, you feel shame, you use pornography, you feel more shame, you use more pornography like that. So when that urge or desire comes up, you have three options. Option one is to just act on that urge, right? For sure, you have that option. And that just reinforces that learning, right? That, that sort of automatic response. Option two is to fight against that urge, right? Use willpower, okay? And we talked about this already. This is what a lot of us experience. Like, no, I don't want to do it. No, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And that raises your anxiety, which is another cue for you to use pornography because you know that using pornography or masturbating, it does lower your anxiety. It does help you feel better for a little bit. So when you engage in that battle with that negative emotion or with that desire, okay? it ends up giving you another reason to use pornography. So eventually, you know, sometimes you can, you know, white knuckle it or kind of try to do it for a little bit, but eventually that lower brain is going to win. Right. And if you've dealt, if this is an issue for you, you know, this experience where, you know, you're trying, 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 and eventually you just, you know, maybe you go a couple times and you're able to kind of gut it out. And then eventually you just don't, you know, th- this is also like just trying to distract yourself. Oh, like in, in my church, they say like, oh, read a scripture or, 
you know, sing a hymn or something, basically try to just get your mind off of it. In my experience, it doesn't end up working long-term. Um, and it's, again, it's just natural. It's because of this, right? Your, your upper brain is good at planning, but your lower brain is good at acting in the moment. And so if you're trying to fight your lower brain with your upper brain in the moment, your lower brain is just going to win. That's the way your brain's designed. So luckily there's a third option. And this is what most people don't realize is that this option exists, (laughs) but the option is to just allow the urge, let it come, let it be there. Okay. Going back to that dog example, you just let the salivation be there. You don't try to shove it back into your head, right? You don't try to jam it back in. You just say, okay, like that, that spit is there. Okay. You know, just let it be there. Allow the urge. So the tools that we use for this is number one, name, feel, deal. So you name the emotion that you're having, you feel it, you let yourself feel it in your body, and then you deal with it appropriately. Although a lot of times, even if you just name, name it and feel it, you know, that's enough. You don't even have to do anything beyond that. And then using that state fair model that we already talked about. And then the third thing that we do is we allow about a hundred urges without acting on them. And that is enough to really start reversing this learning, really get to where, you know, that salivation isn't there so much, right? We don't have that huge urge and desire. It kind of goes away. And really what we're going for is this sort of 10 out of 10 confidence that you will not act on that urge or desire. So I struggled with pornography when I was a teenager, um, you know, to where I would seek it out. I'd look for it. You know, I'd see something on TV or look for things on TV watch it, masturbate, feel bad, but still kind of just like keep coming back to it. Um, So I had like a a one out of 10 in confidence that like, if I saw something, I wouldn't like go back later and and watch it and masturbate to it. Um, Now, like I really am a 10 out of 10 in confidence that, you know, if I saw something, which I do all the time, right? I see sexually um, arousing images all the time. That's just in our society, how things are. But now I'm able to do this and know that like, you know, I'm not going to go seek that out and pull it up on my computer and all that, but it took time to get there. And and the good thing is like with these tools, again, if you can allow that urge about a hundred times, which is like a few hours, right. Of, of time itself, you know, it may take a, a, you know, a couple of weeks, a month, something like that to, you know, process those hundred urges. But the actual like time that you're doing it is, you know, hours. So that's good news, right? Your brain can can unlearn this pretty quickly using these tools. So as we go into it, the other thing that you have to decide is how do you want to use your sexuality? Okay. I call this the true pornography filter because so a lot of people will say, oh, well, just change your environment, right? Basically block out any sexual cues, block your ability to look up pornography. The thing is, again, that's like attacking the wrong problem. You know, you're trying to not allow the the cues, which are always going to be there. Okay. Even if you don't have as many sexual cues, you still have those emotional cues. So we don't try to eliminate the bell. We try to eliminate the salivation, right. And the food, right. So, um, here's the thing. So God, look, if you're a guy, God gave you a penis, just like he gave you arms and legs. (laughs) Okay. So, the question is, how are you going to use it? How are you going to use your penis? How are you going to use your sexuality in the world? 
lot of people haven't thought about this, but this is the real filter. And this is what I want you guys to, to think about. Okay. How do you, how you want to use your sexuality? That's going to determine, but well, how you use it. Like, how do you want to use that sexual energy? How do you want to, you know, relate to that? Cause it's there and it's there for a reason. You know, if you're a believer in God, God gave you that part of your body and that part of your human experience for a reason. So how do you want to use it? This is an integrity. We're looking for integrity. So for me, the way I want to use it is to connect deeply with and have fun with my wife. You know, that's, that's what I want to do. We're done having kids. I mean, that, that would have been one too. <laughs> to to have kids which i love my kids i grateful i get to you know got to use my sexuality in that way but now it's more to connect deeply and have fun with my wife so uh one of the gentlemen i'm working with his is to connect with a lovely daughter of god my future wife okay that's how he wants to use his so then your filter then your question becomes simple it's like okay you know, when I see this pornography, does this activity help me get there? Is this activity helping me connect deeply with my wife and have fun with my wife? Yes or no. Or to connect with my future wife, right? Is it helping me or not? So some tools I like to use with this, right, is, you know, this one to 10 now versus later. Okay. So for example, if I see, I'm at the beach, I see some girl in a bikini, she looks really hot. I, I think to myself, okay, like, let's say that I go connect with this girl and we have sex. Okay. Right. So right now that feeling would be a 10, right? Feels good to connect that way. It feels good to have an orgasm, but what happens after that, right? What happens after the orgasm? So now I feel awful. I've put a bad example to my kids. I have you know, created this, uh, disconnection spiritually with myself. There's going to be a lot of kind of church consequences. So that's like a a one or a zero later. Right. So that helps me kind of decide that, you know, I don't want to use my sexuality in that way because what are the consequences? Right. But with this, again, you know, this idea of I can do it versus I cannot do it. Because what I used to try is like, oh, don't look at her, don't look at her, don't look at her, you know, and then I just want to look at her more, right? But now when I just say, yeah, I could do that, I could spend a bunch of time looking at her and then like not focus on my kids or have fun with them. Uh, or, you know, I could I could fantasize about this girl and really take away from my, my sexual experience with my wife. Um you know, I can choose all that, but I don't want to. So you see the difference? Like I'm not fighting against it anymore. I'm allowing that urge and understanding like what's the consequence if I act on it, right? Is that how I want to use my sexuality or not? So just this one question can really help you on this path. Okay. Another thing that, that, uh, that I can do is, you know, kind of file away arousing images or ideas for, you know, my wife, or if you're not married yet for your future wife, right? So, you know, you see something arousing and instead of being like, oh, don't, you know, don't look at it. Don't look at it. You're just like, okay, yeah, that is kind of, that is arousing to me. Let me kind of file that away for something my wife and I could maybe try at some point. And yeah, I don't go looking for these things. I have tried that before, (laughs) but what I found was, you know, when I say, oh, I'm just looking at this for my wife without my wife, um, you know, that's not, I find out that's not how I want to use my sexuality, right? It's kind of a lie. I tell myself, oh, I'm just looking at this for my wife when really I'm just kind of looking at it to get aroused. So that's, that's for me. Maybe you can do it. 
Uh, maybe you can look that up without uh, going that direction. But for me, it, it doesn't really work. So how do you process the urges? So step one is instead of running away from the emotion, we run straight into it. Okay. So that's name, field, deal. So we create this filter, right, which will help us in this process. But when we start feeling that sexual urge, right, or the negative emotional cue that makes us want to use pornography, we just use this this three-step formula, name, feel, deal. So first we name the emotion that we're feeling, right? And you might not even know what it is at first, but kind of give it a shot, you know, might be sadness or anxiety. Usually there's only a few kind of main emotions, anger, sadness, anxiety, shame, happiness. So then you feel the emotion in your body. This is what most people are not very good at, but as you develop this skill, it's going to be really powerful. So you just talk or write out your experience. That's all there is to it right? And here are some good things to get you going. So location, where do you feel it in your body? What color is it? If you had to give it a color, what's the character of it? Is it, is it, um, uh, hot, cold, is it heavy, light, liquidy? Um, and does it move? Where does it move? So like, for example, for anger, you know, when I feel anger, I feel it in my chest kind of rises up into my throat and out into my arms. It feels kind of tingly. I definitely call it red. Okay. Sexual desire, as I mentioned, kind of starts more in my sort of gut, sort of feel like a squeezing type sensation then comes up into my mouth. Definitely in my privates, I feel, you know, the um, arousal or like a partial erection. So, you know, that's sexual arousal for me. So just naming it and just feeling it a lot of times is enough to just say, okay, yeah, it's there. Like, so instead of running away from it, you just run straight into it. Then you deal with that emotion appropriately. So that might be by taking some slow breaths. Like if I'm mad, taking some slow breaths, moving away from the situation. If I'm having sexual desire, a lot of times, you know, just doing this will work, just noticing it, drawing attention to it. Yeah, it's there. Uh, And then using some of those things that I mentioned, like, you know, is this how I want to use my sexuality or not? Or even just writing out the emotion can be really powerful. I like to use the analogy of diving into the wave. So emotions are kind of like waves. They come, they kind of get get bigger, and then they come down. So if we try to run away from the wave, right, especially like a negative emotion, we try to run away from it, eventually it comes and just kind of crashes on us, right? It hits us. Um, If we try to sort of ride it, sometimes we're going to crash. Sometimes we're going to ride that wave out safely. But the best way to get through a wave, actually, if you've been to the beach, is diving straight into it right? You kind of dive under it and you still go up and down a little, but it's much more gentle. So that's what we're doing with this, right? We really dive straight into the emotion instead of trying to run from it. Another thing is to realize nothing's gone wrong that you have negative emotions, okay? Like life's about 50-50, about 50% of the time you're going to feel good, about 50% feel bad. So even just knowing that and just being comfortable with that, right? Knowing that emotions aren't going to kill you, right? They are uncomfortable sometimes, but they won't kill you. So when you know you can process these emotions and feel them, right, it builds this great emotional strength because you realize like I'm resilient, you know, I can, I can feel these emotions and be okay. okay. Also understanding that when you experience these negative things, it helps you understand other people better. You know, there's some benefit to going through these hard emotions. So I like the example of Buddha and Mara. So uh, Buddha, when he was on this process of enlightenment, 
Mara uh, came to visit him. Mara is basically, you know, basically like Satan in the Christian religion. You know, he, he's this negative being. So he brings lust, greed, anger, guilt, shame to Buddha and keeps coming back like Mara keeps coming back. So what did Buddha do? Did he say, get out of here, Mara? I hate you. You know, get out of my face. Uh, no, he just said, I see you, Mara. And then invited Mara to tea. Basically let him come, sit down, be there as long as he wanted. Okay. And so Mara, he would stay for a while and then go. And Buddha remained undisturbed. Right. So that's kind of what we're going for here, right? Is instead of trying to push Mara away, we say, okay, like, I see you, Mara. I see you guilt. I see you shame. Here you are. Here's where I feel you in my body. Okay. Go ahead. Stay as long as you want. You know, I'm just going to pay attention to you until you go. Okay. That's what we want to develop. So that's step one. We dive into the emotion. Step two is using state fair, right? So we want to, this is a way to analyze the urge, kind of bring it into that thinking brain again, that higher brain. So the S is the situation. So an example situation might be, I was in my room alone. I had a bad day. I made a mistake. Someone yelled at me and, you know, I wanted to use pornography, right? So the thought might be, I'm a loser. I never get anything right. Pornography will help me feel better. Feeling is going to be shame, guilt, sadness, and probably arousal too. Action might be to use pornography. The intention is to escape that shame right? And it's important to pay attention to that. Then the result is you feel better for a minute and then you feel more shame, right? So when you, when you write it out like that, you know, it just helps you kind of see, oh yeah, like here's what happened, you know, brings it into that thinking brain. So you want to do kind of two separate ones. You want to do one with kind of the original thought and then another one where you can kind of choose a new thought. So same situation. I'm in my room alone. I had a bad day. I made a mistake and someone yelled at me. So a new thought might be something like, it's okay to have a bad day. You know, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel like a loser sometimes. Helps me understand myself and others better. Losses help me learn. Okay, I can choose pornography to escape this, but I don't want to use my sexuality that way. Send the feeling. You might still feel sad, but you might feel neutral. You might feel even empowered, right? I don't want to use my sexuality that way. Your action would be to allow the emotion or maybe just walk out of the room or you go do some exercise or whatever. Your intentions to experience the emotion, use your sexuality in a way that you want. And the result is you feel sadness or whatever, but then it's gone, right? You, you, you feel it and you process it, or, you know, you just move on to the next thing and, you know, you didn't act and that, and now you've processed an urge successfully. So step three is just tracking your progress. So you want to find a visual way to track the number of urges you processed without acting on them. Again, we're going for about 100 of those to get to where you feel that 10 in confidence that you're not going to act on these unintentionally, like automatically. So you could do a jar, put coins or beads in it or beans or whatever. Uh, you can, and again, goals get to about 100 urges process to get you that 10 in confidence that you'll not use pornography as an automatic response. You can also just use a counter on your phone. There's an app called Tally, T-A-L-L-Y, where you can just kind of mark it. Hey, I did it you know, gives you one and it shows up nice and big. So you can see how many, again, you're going for about a hundred. So you add one to your counter each time you process an urge without acting on it. If you do act on it, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. This is just a learning process. Okay. So you go back, you do the state fair, you say, huh, okay, how did that happen? You know, what was the situation? You know, what can I do differently? What did I learn? Right. And you don't remove any of the counters, right? You don't, oh, I had three and now I'm going to take one away because I acted on it. 
right? We're not going to punish ourselves for this learning process. We're just learning. So, you know, it may take 200, 300 urges before you get to a hundred that you process without acting on it. And that's okay. So after each urge, you want to learn from it, right? Whether you processed it success without acting on it or with acting on it, you just want to learn. So you want to write out what worked. Okay. What did I do that worked this time? Might just be, if, if you acted on it, it might just be that, Hey, I like, I did this exercise, you know, that's working. That's a good thing. What didn't work. Okay, what didn't work in this particular situation? And what will I do differently next time? Okay, so just asking yourself those questions will help you learn from each each urge. All right. So another kind of question to ask is um, about masturbation and pornography is, can masturbation be in alignment with how you want to use your sexuality? Okay. Is it bringing you pl- closer to that goal? You know, what's your intention when you when you use masturbation? Now, I'll get into pornography. I don't think there's really a, a place for pornography. And I'll explain why. Um, to create, if you're if you're married and you want to have a great sexual relationship with your wife, I don't see pornography as a good way to get there. I'll explain why. If you're not married, uh, I don't see pornography as a good way to create that good sexual relationship with your wife. Again, I'll explain why in a little bit. But so. Masturbation, it really is, it's a, it's a personal choice. Okay. Even in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there's actually, there's no scriptures and there's no official church doctrine that call masturbation a sin. You might be surprised to hear that, but go ahead and look through your scriptures, see if you can find any specific things about it. And sometimes it's, yeah, it's just not there. It just isn't. Um, for sure, there have been plenty of talks about pornography and the problems of that, but nothing about specifically about masturbation, just kind of, surprising, but, but true. Like when, when we look at it, so I'll tell you about my specific situation. So I'm married. Um, my wife went through really difficult sexual abuse. And so there are, there can be long periods where she is very much not, uh, you know, able to enjoy a sexual relationship with me. So for a long time, I was really annoyed by that, upset by that. You know, I'd go months without having sex with her and just be so mad that she wouldn't give that to me. Right. So I I really thought about this and I, you know, prayed about it and, you know, tried to figure out like what is in alignment for me? Cause I want to have a good sexual relationship with my wife, with my wife. I want to use my sexuality as a way to connect with her. So for me, you know, in those times when she, when we still have a good relationship, but those memories are so fresh, we can't, you know, have that sexual part of our relationship. I do masturbate, but I masturbate to memories of, you know, sexual relationships we've had together. It's definitely all about her that I'm thinking about. So when I do, you know, have that orgasm, she's in my mind and I have, it actually helps improve my connection with her. She knows about it. And, you know, we are on the same page and it's actually helped strengthen our marriage. So that's how you can tell, right? This is the fruit. So if I'm doing this, is it strengthening my relationship with my wife or not, or with my future wife or not? Right. And it's, it's, so it's a personal thing. Okay. So with, um, with pornography though, there's, there's a lot of problems with pornography. So first of all, source problems. So my wife was actually a victim of sex trafficking and pretty much all prostitutes, um, a huge majority of people that are in the sex pornography industry are not there 
because they want to be, right? There's a sex trafficking element to this. So that's a big problem, okay? So by viewing this, you're actually supporting that, like basically slavery of people. So that's not cool, right? That's not a good thing. Um, So even outside of that, though, it sets up kind of unrealistic expectations about your current uh, and future sexual relationships, right? Kind of changes what you're interested in, maybe uh, the sex you're having isn't as exciting or you don't find your wife's attractive because you're looking at all these uh, very fake kind of bodies that are, again, designed to give that bigger dopamine boost, like an unnatural dopamine boost. And so, you know, it, it, it causes that problem. Research also shows some brain changes like decreased gray matter, which is your brain cells. Uh, and, and really, it's not about connection, right? For the most part, it's really not. It's just about that that orgasm right? That lower brain, just get the, get the orgasm and go kind of thing. Uh, It's not about connection, uh, which is really what sex can be. It can be a really great way to connect. So that said, it is possible that you may choose to sort of taper off. So like in, um, if someone's addicted to alcohol, we'll, we'll often give them uh, benzodiazepines, which are chemically very similar to alcohol as a way to sort of step them off of it. So, um, you know, we give a little bit one day, a little bit less the next day and like that. So you may decide like, Hey, for me, you know, I want to do it this way. I want to choose to use pornography, but in this sort of stepwise fashion, maybe I'll use it, you know, three times a week this week, two times a week, next week, once a week, the week after that, and kind of step it off like that. You may choose to do that. And again, it's just up to you. Is it in alignment with how you want to use your sexuality? Like with the intention to get off of it, but understanding like, hey, you know, my brain's used to it. Let me just kind of step it off like this. But again, the the big thing is going to be using the tools that we talked about. How do I want to use my sexuality? Process the urge, name, feel, deal with the emotion, do the state fair, and then track your progress. Okay. But again, like choosing to do it, it removes it from that automatic pattern, moves it into the thinking brain, which is, which is better, right? Because you're saying, okay, like I'm choosing to eat this food at this time, instead of saying, okay, here's the bell. Now I want it. Now I'm acting on it, right? Instead, you're saying, hey, like I'm choosing to do it at this time. So the the bell's not there, right? (laughs) So when the bell's not there, it's not reinforcing that bell salivate eat pattern, right? You're just saying, okay, I'm going to eat it this time. So it's not reinforcing that bell. Okay. All right. So as a review, guys, so pornography and masturbation, they can become an automatic response to sexual or emotional cues over time, right? It goes to that lower brain. You can remove that response. You really can. And here's how you do it. You decide how you want to use your sexuality, right? That creates your filter of how you want to use it. And then in the moment, step one is allowing the urge or desire, not fighting against it, letting it be there. Okay. Feeling it, name, feel, deal, right? You name it. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm feeling. It's sexual arousal. It's anxiety. It's depression. It's anger. It's shame. You feel it in your body. Then you deal with it appropriately, right? Step two is using state fair and your filter right? So you, you, here's the situation. Here's what happened. You know, here's what was happening in days or, you know, yesterday or, or whatever. Here's the thoughts I was having. Oh, I'm a loser. Here's the feelings. I feel down. Right. And then starting to choose a new thought, right? Here, here's what I can think instead. You know, I can choose that, but I don't want to, because the, the filter is going to come into that, 
uh, T line, that thought line, right? Where you use that filter to create more useful feelings, actions, intentions, and results. Okay. So again, step one, allow the urge or desire. Step two, use state fair and use your filter. And then step three is tracking your progress. And you're going to target a hundred urges process because your brain likes to see progress towards that goal. And then you learn from each urge. What worked, what didn't work, what will you do differently? And that's it. Okay. Again, it's pretty simple and you can do it. Okay. This is how your brain works. This is how you're going to get out of this, this process and feel free, right? Feel free, feel in charge of your sexuality. And it feels amazing. And this is going to translate not just sexuality, but to all kinds of elements in your life. When you can really feel your emotions, when you can really use this model to, you know, choose your thoughts, actions, intentions, you know, if you can work towards a goal, guys, you're going to be set for, for life. So excited to share this with you, excited for this group that's starting up. Again, if you're a married guy interested in going through a program like this, uh, please contact me and uh, stay strong men and we'll see you next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.